Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics that aren't funny and we prove that they are funny. Now, this is the You Can't Laugh at Work series where we discuss that thing that we do 40, 50, 60, 90 hours a week and prove that, yeah, you can laugh at work. In fact, laughing in the workplace improves our workplace experience. And that's why you should check out watercoolercomedy.org. Water Cooler Comedy is a company where I come into your organization and work side-by-side side with you in order to make work the time and place to laugh and create together. We spend most of our hours there or thinking about it or stressing about it, and especially in today's workplace with so many changes, we need the skills to be able to adapt to those changes more quickly, more efficiently, more creatively. We need to be able to think outside of the box and being able to think like a comedian is one way to do that, where we look at a problem not as a problem, but as a setup. And with every setup comes a punchline. And just like that, with every problem comes a solution. So how can you get into the mindset of a comedian and start acting like a leader at the same time? So watercoolercomedy.org, whether you're looking for a keynote to energize your team as you come back into the workplace, whether you're looking for a corporate comedy experience that's fully customized, or you're looking for a workshop, an immersive workshop to bring your team together to share their story with one another. And of course, one-on-one -on -one consulting. You can set up a call at watercoolercomedy.org forward slash booking. And yeah, so that's enough of that pitch. <laughs> uh, this episode of the podcast, we are going to talk to the Executive Director of Human Resources and Fun at Professional Billing Services West. That is Linda Murdoch. Linda is a person who I came in contact with through speaking for the Northern Nevada Human Resources Association. Every time I, I speak to a group, I like to have conversations with board members, with the quote-unquote HR rock stars of the group, and Linda's name came up. So we had this conversation, and I knew right away that she was not your typical HR director. You know, having fun in your title as human resources. Typically, HR is like the fun police. You know, you picture Toby from The Office, and that is the opposite of who Linda is. So sit back and enjoy this episode of You Can't Laugh at That, where I talk to Linda Murdoch about what it means to work at a culture of adulting, how to incorporate a little bit of fun, trust, and engagement into the workplace and involve your team in doing that, especially in today's workplace where the voice of the employee and the worker it needs to be valued at a higher level than it ever has. So enjoy this episode as we prove that you can laugh at work. You'll always remember your first. Look at that. Now he's blushing. <laughs> Sorry, I, I try to blush at least once a day. It helps me feel oh, human. <laughs> there you go. You've got your quadrant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You'll always remember your first. Well, uh, Linda, thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's called You Can't Laugh at Work. Uh, it's part of my You Can't Laugh at That podcast series. What we do is we bring in comedians and uh, we explain why certain topics are okay to laugh at. So I decided to expand this into the workplace because so many people, you know, work, you have to work and there's no time for, for fun. And, and we're in a time and place where we need to lean into those things. And you are somebody who exemplifies that. So thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you. Uh, Linda Murdoch is the, uh, the chief human resources officer or a chief fun officer, right? 
Yeah, my official title is Executive Director of Human Resources and Fun. Mm -hmm. And that was on my offer letter. Uh, after my interview with this company uh, nearly three years ago, I came out laughing so hard and so did they. Um, and I was offered the position and working with some wonderful people. And it's been wonderful because I've been able to pay forward what I've learned, but also create a culture uh, of adulting, which is wonderful for us. I mean, I always tell people when, when we interview them that we don't do whining. We don't like drama. If you want a culture of adulting, then we're for you. Uh, dive into adulting a little bit more than just, you know, we don't want whining, we, we don't want complaining. Uh, what, what is the, the ideal picture of a culture of adulting? What does that look like? Each person, it doesn't matter what position you are in, is valued and respected for what they bring. They are listened to. You have a lot of companies that say, you know, we have an open door policy, but how open door is it? People like to think that they're approachable. Um, and I always remember when, when I, before I came into human resources, I, I didn't plan on coming into human resources. My journey just brought me to that point. So for me, going from manager, into a human resources role. I remember from the manager perspective, it was, oh my gosh, human resources here, we're in trouble now. So when I started introducing myself, I'd tell people my name and say, I'm happy resources. And they, they would ask me, what do you mean happy resources? Well, I'm not here to bring bad news. I'm here to spread po positivity. You know, the HR had such a negative, people would look on HR negatively. And I didn't want people to do that with me. I'm not that person. And you, whatever you put out in the universe, you're going to get back. So for me, keeping that positive mindset is extremely important. Not that I don't have my days where I want to rip someone's head off, you know, I'm in HR. But to try and keep that positive outlook, I think is really important. And that's what, what attracts people to an, another person. And so by remaining positive, being transparent, and making sure that whatever we do is the right thing, which is one of the reasons I love this company because that's part of their philosophy. Are we doing the right thing? So actually finding a company where I wasn't looked upon as being unprofessional because I am different from a lot of HR people. Um, and for having fun, and creating that atmosphere where if you've got a problem, just call me. And our employees do that. Um, other employees have in other companies too, but there's um, 
they have we the culture isn't the same as what we have here where I'm working now at PBS West. The building company, mm-hmm. not yep. the radio. <laughs> um, so, so having that opportunity to be able to create that culture. So as far as adulting, knowing that if you're going to come and work for our company, you have a voice, you are valued, you are respected for what you bring. And the fact that you can talk to anyone from the CEO down about anything and not not be afraid, it's a wonderful gift to be able to work in an environment like that. So that would be what adulting is. That's a great answer. I, you know, when it comes to speaking to, you know, your, your superiors, your, your managers, and, and there is, there is that stigma of like fear. Should I say the right thing? Like, what if I say the wrong thing? What if, what if I, you know, what if I have a bad idea? They don't like my idea. You know, what are they going to think of me? Um, to have that openness to, you know, to, how do you communicate that? You know, when, when somebody does come forward and they don't have the best idea or they don't have, you know, uh, or they do have that fear, how do you inspire them to be comfortable with that? Say they're, say they're new uh, at, at your organization at PBS West and, you know, they came from a culture where if they would have an idea, it would be ridiculed if it wasn't a good idea. You know, how do you, how do you communicate that openness? I think it all starts through the hiring process. Uh, by building that relationship, no matter where you work or what you do, life's about relationships. And so starting to build that relationship from the beginning, from the interview process, because that way we can find out if they're going to be a good fit for our culture anyway. We're going to be hiring people who have the skills that we're looking for for the position when we contact them. But for us, and it's great because the managers and hiring managers and supervisors um, have been with me more than two years now. And so they know what to look for. They see the importance of maintaining the culture that we're creating. And so when we interview people, we can tell if they're going to fit in or not. That's with the questions we ask. Um, So it is by doing that, you start by building your relationship there. And then it goes through the hiring process and the communication I have with them. And then the first day is with me when they go through new hire orientation. We know there's a lot of compliance on there um, and COVID hasn't helped because (laughs) with, um, you know, we used to do like everybody else, orientation would be in person, but with COVID, it's actually been, we found blessings that came out of it um, by working remotely. And now with technology and the fact that we can do face-to-face even though it's over um, a platform. We actually use Microsoft Teams. 
um, which is great for messing around with the backgrounds. I'm just saying we can be in the ocean and then, but just building those relationships um, is what what it's all about. And so I do have an encouraging them. My orientation, I told them, you know, we hired you. You're a new set of eyes. We're looking at. We're constantly looking at process improvement. So give us your ideas, and they do. I mean, it's great. Now we we're talking about COVID. Uh, what sort of challenges has that presented to you? And then how have you used uh, your philosophy, uh, which you've been detailing over the last few minutes, to uh, to face those challenges? And uh, what what challenges are still looming ahead? So like everyone else, when COVID hit, I mean, you can have whatever contingency plan, but it's still not going to, it won't work when it's something that you've never been up against. And that's what the pandemic did. Some companies, HR is overshadowed. A lot of people can't get a seat at the table, as I call it, in the C-suite. They forget that people management is, is one of the most important functions of any business. You know, and then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and a lot of companies realized, oh, crap, we better get HR involved. Um, I was fortunate, unfortunate enough that my company doesn't view HR that way. Uh, the other managers and directors, and they value me as a person and also for the function that I bring because they don't want to deal with people, basically. <laughs> Not really, just kidding. Um, <laughs> so... COVID hit, we didn't know if the servers that we had would handle all of our company's uh, employees going, dialing into the server from home. Our, our main thought was we've got to keep everyone safe. So we do medical billing for radiologists. And so... Basically, we're an IT company that does medical billing. We sent everyone home. The servers, thank the gods, were able to um, maintain <clears throat> and continue. We have an amazing IT team. But the people management side of it is something new. You, you were not socializing. It wasn't the same as coming in the office and saying good morning to everyone. And so after a few months, we decided to give all our employees cameras so we could see them and they could see us. I work with a bunch of introverts. There's more introverts than extroverts. Um, I always, I, I, I have this great cartoon that, I put my Friday update every once in a while uh, that shows introverts being told that they need to go back in the office after the pandemic and they're hiding under the desk at home. Um, so what we realized um, 
was the communication was really important. Everyone in every company knows that you're always going to have communication issues. So for me, it was how can we keep everybody updated, remain transparent, keep connected. It was that connectivity that was really important that we didn't want to lose sight of. So when I was in the office, and we have three offices and we already had remote employees, uh, I would do the uh, play music in my office and blast it for one hour every Friday morning because it was Friday. And that's what you do on Friday, you celebrate. So I couldn't do that anymore. Uh, but what I did do is start a Friday update. And in there, put in, um, played my music, links to YouTube. I have someone, we have someone at work who is a DJ on the side. And put in, he'd send me a playlist. And then memes, I'm the queen of memes right now. I'm actually the queen of everything, according to the plaque on my desk. <laughs> that I'm the queen of memes right now. And uh, so put funny memes in there and then do shout outs to people for helping out for different things. So people could, could recognize their coworkers and, um, and then utilizing uh, surveys. So asking questions, how are you doing remotely? Do you need anything? Is there anything else we can do? And, and just keeping checking up with people. Utilizing, we started doing quarterly town hall meetings. Uh, we crashed one platform, which is why we ended up on Teams. Uh, and, and communicating that way, letting people ask their questions, um, either via email or through the surveys I'd send out. And then in January this year, we did our first employee engagement survey. And it was the it was off the charts. I was so happy when I got that because it showed that people were feeling valued and respected and loved the culture and they still had that opportunity to learn and grow, even though they were working from home. Uh, people valued their time being able to be with their family more and not commute. Uh, and that the fact that the employees who had children at home that they had to teach and, um, and work at the same time, that we were giving them that flexibility so that they could still work their 40 hours and take care of their kids, mm -hmm. which God love them. Uh, me and my kids, uh, they're grown men now. Yeah, what one of us would have been dead if we had to go through a pandemic. We, we all agreed on that one. Around the holidays, we'd always have kick-ass potlucks. That's the one thing I missed. Uh, we have some good cooks. That used to be one of my questions on the interview. So if we have a potluck, what are you going to bring? Write <laughs> you down. Um, That's funny. If you, if you don't know how to handle a frying pan, then <laughs> sorry, yeah. this isn't the right culture for you. Oh, I know. And we have people from different cultures, which is amazing. So you, the food, yeah, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> um, 
I'm a food junkie. I can't help it. Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. So what could, what could we do for fun? So we had best turkey hat for Thanksgiving and we had best um, decorating. Uh, we usually do a Halloween costume. We couldn't do that. So it was, okay, best headshot of your Halloween costume. And, and our employees voted on it who won. And, and then at Christmas, it was best decorated desk one. And it's we have some really creative people. I don't know where they, they got all their ideas from, but, um, but it was amazing just to do things like that. You know, and just just keep that that going. What is the uh, the biggest obstacle that you're you're facing right now in regards to your people? You know, I I can't I can't think of one to be honest. The biggest concern for me was making sure that mental health wise, they were fine. Um. And I think that's one of the good things that came out of the pandemic. People are actually acknowledging in this country, uh, acknowledging that, hey, it is an issue and people need to be taken care of. And I'm hoping something good comes out of that. So we have, we still needed people in the office uh, to do part of the function. We changed functions around so we had minimal people in there. So we call them our office warriors. But we have a few people who asked if they could come back in the office for their mental health. And I'm like, oh, heck yeah. I mean, it's, it's important. So we've, we did that for people too. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are now using their cameras. A lot of people didn't want to at the beginning. But, you know, it, it's funny how people look at things. I mean, we, we would have meetings with employees and executive team. It, it used to be if you're an executive, you had to play the part and, you know, look professional at all times. There was nothing professional about our executive team. We had beanies on. We had, you know, hair up in the, the bun the up bun, even the guys, um, just no makeup. People don't care. I, I always tell them, I did my hair and I put my eyebrows on, that's all you're getting. And people would look at that and they'd say, I'm still in my pajamas, good, as long as they're not offensive and you're not looking like a, it doesn't look like a boudoir, you're good. <laughs> it, it's, it was just getting people to see each other again and then more they got used to it, the more they realized how important it was. It doesn't matter what you look like. Most people are working from home. We don't care. It's just nice to see your face again mm-hmm. and make that connection. And that I would say that would be the one obstacle that we had. Yeah. But what the managers have been great. I'm like, they need to start seeing each other. And so what they'll do is everybody will say hello and do an introduction on a meeting. And then if they choose to, they can turn their cameras off. Yeah. Those, those introverts. 
that, that face-to-face, that's so important. Uh, I always feel like sometimes I, I just schedule a day packed so tight that, you know, I'll have to be eating in the middle of a, of a meeting and, and to save anybody that just in my mind, I imagine somebody accidentally pins my video to their screen and I'm just shoving my face full of food. So, you know, I'll turn my camera on when I need it, but, but as uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm chomping down on a sandwich or something, I'm, you don't need to see that. And I mean, I don't know. People yeah, have weird have, things. I mean, and people with kids at home, they have small kids. So, you know, when Junior is running in the background uh, naked, I mean, <laughs> it's not always a good thing when you're on a professional call. Right. But, um, but you can have the backgrounds, but the head pops up. And so, you know, just turn your camera off. It's good. Yeah. I mean, we understand that that that's happening, that this is how you're getting your balance and you're able to survive right now, mm-hmm. which is huge for us, um, is that we didn't lay anyone off last year. That's awesome. And it, it was just amazing. And everybody, we tightened everything up. And, you know, are we out the woods yet? No. Um, we still have wages on freeze for right now until we get back up. Thank God for the government loans. They helped us out a lot. We have an amazing accounting manager, Sally, and everybody needs a Sally in a business person. Uh, You know, she secured monies for us early, and and but we're getting out of the woods. We got some new business that we're working on right now, so that that's the light. The end of the tunnel is not a train. Mm-hmm. And we're continuing, and and it's such a gift to be able to do that. At the end of this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So, what does your next level of success look like uh, in regard to you know coming out of this pandemic, and uh, and how would you apply? Like, yeah, just answer that question first uh, because we're running short on time anyway. So. Okay. So the next level for us and for me, I mean, we decided that our employees voted they wanted to work from home and stay remote. So that's what we've done. And by doing that, we're able to hire uh, throughout the country and we have licenses in 15 states now. So we're able to do that. So that's given us the opportunity to hire top talent what we do hey leaders look out pbs west is coming for your best people i mean that's that's something that i talk about in my programs too is is that with remote technology if you're not engaging your team if they don't feel heard if they don't feel like their work has meaning and they're appreciated they can go work for a company like yours who who values that uh, and just stay in the comfort of their own home exactly and yeah that that has been one of the big things that I know a lot of companies have been doing. And so with that, just maintaining that communication and continuing to um, listen. You have to listen to people. A lot of people don't listen. They only hear what they want to hear and they don't listen to their employees and value them. Mm -hmm. And so we're continuing to do that, which is wonderful. And then we're also going to... um, no, I have another employee engagement survey in July, and we're working at what the things we needed to improve during that time. This is 
one of the things with engagement surveys, a lot of people don't follow up, but it's a great way of listening to your employees and seeing what they need. Um, and so we're, we're doing that. We take action on the things we put out there because this isn't just the executive team's company, it's everybody's company. We're going to be successful because of every employee. And I think that that's one of the things that with me and I, I'm hoping that's going to change in the HR realm. Um, where I'm from in Sheffield, in Yorkshire, in the north of England, even though I come from a country that has a class system, we always treat everybody the same. You could be, it was like, you could be a duke or a duchess, or you could be a straight working class, which is what I'm from. We treat everyone the same. And so I've always done that. It doesn't matter what your title is, you're, you're a person and you're hired in this company, not that I'm not gonna respect you, but a title does not entitle someone to respect. It's how you treat each other and you get that respect back and and so by continuing to do that and continue to create this culture of transparent transparency and teamwork commitment and respect is our are our three values it, it's just by continuing to do that and doing the right thing that's what we'll do as a company moving forward. And um, I'm so thankful that I have owners on this company who let me do what I do best because I am not your regular HR person. And I always tell people that. <laughs> you're, you're very clear on, on who you are and you've been very clear on your messaging here today. Uh, you know, the title doesn't matter treat people like a human being. And it's weird how the universe returns that back to you uh, to, to bookend things totally. Linda, I really appreciate you taking your time to share your insight. These are words that so many leaders can live by and remember, especially as we head forward uh, into the rest of 2021. Uh, so thank you for helping us prove that you can and should definitely laugh at work. <laughs> thank you for inviting me, David. Thank you for listening or watching this episode of the You Can't Laugh at That podcast's You Can't Laugh at Work series. We hope you took some ideas from this conversation. We hope you took some insights, some, uh, some new ways of looking at our people, our leaders, our organizations, and hopefully ourselves, because a lot of times when it comes to finding humor in any day-to-day -day situation, one of the best places to look is at ourselves. And taking ourselves too seriously is a symptom of a workplace culture that values perfection, but perfection isn't real. And in order to cope with the fact that we don't have all of the answers, we need to laugh. And that is why it's so important to have humor as part of our culture. And that's why you can visit watercoolercomedy.org to learn a little bit more about how you can change your workplace culture. You can change the narrative of what it means to come to work by using humor, by leaning into creativity, by bringing your people together on a more vulnerable human level. And be sure to visit 
Professional Billing Services West's website to learn a little bit more about them and their culture at pbswest.com. And you can find Linda on LinkedIn. It's Linda Murdoch, Linda with a Y, which is a question that we need to ask more frequently. Why are we okay with the status quo? Why aren't we comfortable with new ideas? And then what can we do about it to make it better? Thank you for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work, because one of the first things that we can do to create that change, to broaden our perspective, to see beyond the problem, is to laugh at work. And I hope that we proved it in this episode. We'll see you next time. Or hear you next time, if you're listening. Yeah, whatever. I should have just ended recording moments ago. I I, I was doing great, and then I just I started mumbling and... And now I'm kind of lost. So we got to be able to laugh at that kind of stuff is, is the point that I'm trying to make here with this nonsense. Okay, I'm out of here. Take it easy. <laughs>